Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here comes God opens the door, arranges it which is happening all over the place. Pastor Dave just got back with Mark, one of our elders, and God just is opening this new door there, and there's new things happening here. Steve and Chris just got back from Haiti, and now there's another door that's getting ready to open there that you and I couldn't have orchestrated in a million years. We know nothing about but God's always working. Just relax. It's going to be amazing. That's the exciting part about serving God. You never know who in the world is going to step up, and usually it's going to have to be you. Sorry. It's amazing to see God arrange and move things around to make it all work for His glory. People, places, things, situations, decisions, all like a cosmic multi-dimensional chessboard. If you think of how your life's gone as a Christ follower, you probably have experienced this kind of feeling. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's sovereignty and the will of mankind. You'll hear about how God deeply loves you and wants the best for you but won't manipulate you into doing what's best for you. You have to make that decision. You'll find out how God can take the worst situation and make it better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Faith That Pleases God. Now, when he gets to this brook, there's some things I want you to think about. When he gets there, it's a place of God's intimacy, all alone, quiet enough for good two-way conversation. You and I need to make sure we're spending some time at the brook where it's quiet, where you can think, you can allow the Spirit to speak to you. The brook was a place of God's protection. Really, Ahab is going to try to find him. He'll never find him. Why? Because God's protected him. This brook was a place of testing. You say, Pastor Mark, how can it be testing? He's got water, and the ravens are going to feed him. You'll see the test in a moment. And the brook was a place of God's provision. When we learned about the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. It's the same God. He's speaking here. So God says to Elijah, I'm going to provide for you through the drought. Now, when God told him to go there, did he have any physical proof that it was going to happen? No, he had no physical proof. But he went there. He hoped it would happen, so what did he do? Look at verse 5. So he did what the Lord had told him. That's the faith that I'm talking about. 
when God speaks to us and we know it's God, notice the rest of the verse. He went to Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and underline this in your Bible, and he stayed there. When God directed him there, he went by faith. Let me ask you a question. Why would anybody go by a brook in a drought? God, could you send me to a spring? No, you're going to a brook. Elijah doesn't ask. He just goes. Simple, radical obedience. See, that's the adventure we're talking about. There's steps of faith that are going to happen. So he went, he obeyed. No physical evidence. You're going to hear God say to do some things. When we started this church more than 20 years ago, we had no physical evidence that anything would happen. God just said to do it. I've also done things, and God said to do it, and I didn't do it. You've been there, haven't you? I missed it. I'm looking for more proof. No, just step out. Now, when you begin to see that, it's in your life too. It's not just about starting a church, Lord help us. It's about a million things in your life that God wants to direct. Simply speaking to a neighbor as God opens the door. Now look in verse 6. Remember what we talked about? Faith starts with believing in God's character, that he is who he says he is. Look at this. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Here's the faith key. You've already heard me say it, but I want you to write it down again. Notice this. Our all-powerful God can do what he says he can do. Now, do you understand how that worked? The brook is pretty easy. We'll see that in a moment. How about using a raven, which was an unclean animal, for a Jew? And by the way, we know historically ravens don't even take care of their own children. But here, God got him to do it. Now, we don't know what it means by bread and meat. There's lots of people, you know, there's all kinds of things, nuts and all kinds of things that he brought. Anyway, he came. Notice how God did this. And God does this often in our lives. He supplied the need naturally and supernaturally. What was the natural part? The brook. What would Elijah have to do if he wants some water? Just open his mouth, right? No, he's going to have to get down and what? Cup it and drink it. Sometimes we have to do when God provides. But how about the raven? He can't. How are you going to work that one? The raven comes. There's the food. Supernaturally by God. Now, I want you to understand this next key. Faith in God believes in miracles today. If you're here and you believe the day of miracles has ceased, then you're not going to be much of a person of faith. Because you're going to notice that God's ways are not our ways. God still does miracles today. You read the end of Mark chapter 16, and it says, These signs will follow them that believe. They still are following. Our God's a supernatural God. You say, well, that was the Old Testament. Yes, it was, but God's still doing it today. Now, how do I know all that? Notice, 
he's going to meet our needs, and however he meets them, I really don't know. You, you can't put God in a box. As you're working that mountain thing out in your life, as I'm doing that, you can't say, God, well, it needs to come this way. No, just relax. I mean, if he wants to deliver your next pizza by a raven, let him do it. And just enjoy it. Now, as you begin to see, we have no idea actually how long Elijah was at the brook. We don't know. But after a few days or months or whatever, how do you think he's feeling? Like, this is life. He's safe. It's quiet. God's speaking to him. He has water during a drought. And what else? Twice a day delivery by the Domino's guy. I mean, it's right here. Anything he wants. I mean, you know, it's fantastic. He's in loving it. Verse 7. Sometime later, say it with me, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Was Elijah in the will of God? Was he? Yeah. Remember, he went where God told him to go, and he stayed there. Because God hadn't told him to move. He's exactly in the will of God. But what happened? The brook dried up. Okay, God. What are you doing? See, God's ways are not our ways. So if you're Elijah, what's happening in your mind? Doubt, fear, anxiety. Same thing we would do. Exactly. Now, Why is this going to happen? You already know it. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. This is just a little test. A very simple test. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger until Mark Carmel. It's going to get huge. See, God brings us along that way. God doesn't give us the test of the year when I haven't passed the test of the day. So that's why the longer you serve God... Our faith should be growing, not weakening. We should have more faith because we have more history with God. Now, when these circumstances change for the worse, one of the first things that go in our life is our faith. We begin to doubt God, and we begin to doubt whether we've really heard God. Now, you know enough about the Old Testament. Elijah knew enough about the Old Testament Don't you think Elijah probably said this one time as he's conversing with God? God, Moses hit the rock and water came out. This shouldn't be a problem. How about part two or something? I'm sure he's thinking back with the history. But there's no water. Now, who knows ahead? Well, let me read you verse 8. This is the Balmer translation. So Elijah decided on his own to go searching for food and water since God's source had stopped. Do you ever find yourself in that verse right there? I found myself in that verse. You see, one of the dangers of changing circumstances is to simply step out in our own strength and our own wisdom. You remember what faith is? Faith is dependence on God. Can you think of anybody when there was trouble with food that stepped out on his own and went to Egypt and got into trouble? Can you think of anybody? Times two? 
If you go to the Middle East, why do we have those problems? Because of that. Man, Elijah was a man just like us. He's beautiful here. He doesn't do that at all. But maybe you're here and circumstances aren't good and something at the job or a relationship or whatever, and you're ready to move on. Satan's been saying to you, where's God? He's left you. Just go on and do your own thing. It's ridiculous. Look what you're at. This is crazy. You're going to sit in a crazy brook with no water in it. What is wrong with you? You want to write this down, and we're going to kind of put this on our eyelids. Sometimes faith has to wait for a word from God. See, usually when I talk about faith, I'm talking about stepping out, ventures of faith. Go for it, go for it, go for it. Sometimes you have to wait because you don't have a word from God. Sometimes people say to me, Pastor Mark, where's the next video campus? I don't know. I'm not going to go out and just try to find one. We'll wait and see what God does. Where are we going to plant the next church, Pastor Mark? I don't know. Does anybody know? God knows. Absolutely. So same thing in your life. With the situation and the detail or the whatever. Make sure that you simply wait. You know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I won't even quote it for you. Look at verse 8. Then, circle it. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Then the timing was right. Verse 9. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So Elijah's moving on to step number two. He'd waited and then obeyed the word of the Lord. God came to him with specific instructions. Remember, we wore a bracelet prayer. Ask God. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. But God does answer. Call unto me, Jeremiah says, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. If you're in the waiting thing, wait. Don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Wait. Don't step out. Now, interesting, in the original language, Zarephath means a place of testing. How would you like to go to that? God, I just finished one. Yes. Verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there. By accident, gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Notice verse 10 is simply the sovereignty of God. He knows how to arrange the circumstance of your life and my life. He even uses here an unsuspecting pagan widow to be at the town gate the very minute that Elijah comes into town. She doesn't know she's part of it, but she's there, and God sends Elijah there. The woman that he, the perfect timing of God. Here's something I'll develop as we go through this chapter. Faith and divine appointments go together. Some of the areas of the world where Linda and I go to minister That's all been opened up by amazing circumstances that you couldn't have ever put together. It's happening again when we get to go to a country in Asia to minister. Kind of a secret deal and all that. But I have nothing to do with it. 
Here comes. God opens the door, arranges it, which is happening all over the place. Where Pastor Dave just got back with Mark, one of our elders, and God just is opening this new door there, and there's new things happening here. Steve and Chris just got back from Haiti, and now there's another door that's getting ready to open there that you and I couldn't have orchestrated in a million years. We know nothing about but God's always working. Just relax. It's going to be amazing. That's the exciting part about serving God. You never know who in the world is going to step up. And usually, it's going to have to be you. Sorry. All right, now. (laughs) Verse 11. And she was going to get it, he called. Oh, and by the way, not just some water, please bring me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God, now notice, your God lives. She's not a believer, but she's heard. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sick to take home, make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it, look at this, and die. Now, I want you to stop for a moment. You're Elijah. He's sending you to a city to be fed by a woman, a Gentile pagan woman providing for a Jewish prophet, a pagan Gentile widow woman. A pagan Gentile woman, a widow woman, say that fast four times, who is about to eat her last meal. Now, couldn't you, th- you hear Elijah saying, now God, I love the raven, but this is crazy. This widow, poorest of the poor, this is her last meal, and she's going to provide for me? Here's why you have to write this. Faith understands. The longer you do this, the more amazed you are. Faith understands that God's ways are not our ways. There's no way you and I are going to be comfortable with that. You know, a few years ago, we wanted to build this $4.5 million kids' building. And one day while I was praying, God said to me, well, you've done well. The church has done well. You have loans, and we're paying them off. Everything's great, but we're going to build this one We're going to build this one without any more loans. No building fund, just challenge the people. That was like the craziest thing I ever heard, almost. In the middle of a recession, to ask people to give. Isn't that amazing? And just say, it's up to you. Well, by the time we finished it, we raised all the money. We built that kid's building debt-free. Now we still have other things, and God's just taking care of that. But see, his ways are not our, doesn't make any sense, doesn't it? None at all. So what happens? That doesn't take us. That wasn't about me. That was about you. Because you heard God and you gave. No envelope. Nobody knows. I don't know who gave, who didn't give. But God did. And he challenged your faith to do exactly that. Now, Was Elijah going to have to grow in his faith? Yes, he was. Are you? That's why you're here tonight. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. Now you're going to see through this, this lady's going to learn something. Give, finish it with me, and it will be given unto you. What do you mean? I'm going to make the last piece of bread for somebody I've never seen before? First? You want it first? For this is what the Lord, 
the God of Israel says. Faith continues with believing in God's promises that he will do what he says he's going to do. Here's that part of faith again. This is what the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So what does Elijah do? He calms her fears with what? A promise. Some of you will walk out without the fear that you walked in because you've heard about, again, been reminded of the promises of God, the goodness of God, and the provision of God, and some of you, even the protection of God tonight. Why? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. By the way, as you go through this chapter, remember this, faith and fear are opposites. Sometimes it's not even fear. You could add something to it. Faith and fear and doubt are opposites. Sometimes we're not fearful, we just doubt. Well, that's not of faith. So we say with confidence, Hebrews 13, 6, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Well, look at verse 15. Now she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know any more than how God gets a raven to come twice a day with food. God's ways are not our ways. Somehow, because of this word, Elijah's faith, this woman decided to believe and take a step of faith. See, isn't that amazing? His word encouraged her. She took a step of faith. She's not even a believer. So our faith often stimulates others to take a step of faith. That's powerful. Parent, a lot of what I do is because my parents were people of faith. My wife as well. We were fortunate to come from homes where our parents believed in God, believed his word, and took steps of faith. That's why I'm here tonight. Lots I learned from my parents was enough to trust God. That jar of flour and jug of oil never failed. That's impossible. But nothing is impossible with God. As you look at your situation, don't doubt. Last thing I want you to write is this. Faith is not believing God can. Faith is believing that God will. That's a plaque I have on my wall in the office. Faith is believing when God says it, he'll do it. How? I have no idea. That's the fun. That's the excitement. That's the joy. Sometimes that's the test. But you can have faith in the character of God. He is who he says he is. And in the word of God, he will do what he says he will do. Today, Pastor Mark taught about Elijah and how he exercised his faith through the different things God had him experience. You were reminded that even though the tests may be extremely difficult, God is willing and able to carry you through them. You saw that even though you might not have miraculous things happen like Elijah did, 
God's still ready to help you out. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Faith That Pleases God. Next time, he'll begin a brand new message called Pilgrims, Looking for a Better Place. Pastor Mark will be talking about having the correct frame of mind while living on this planet. You'll hear about what the object of your focus should be. You'll learn about the obstacles to you getting your mind right and how to overcome them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.